Welcome back to another episode here of All Things Football. The first one of 2024, the new year. Nothing better to bring in the new year than a whole lot of football. And boy, do we have a lot of football to go over. Bowl games wrapped up. We had a great college football semifinal playoffs to go over. The final really week of the NFL season to recap. Next week doesn't really count. Maybe for some teams it does. We'll get into that. But a lot to go over here. I'm excited for this next week of football, especially that college football championship, which we will definitely preview. But Chase, how are we feeling? Feeling great. Feeling great. I don't know if you can see it right over here. Look at this. The Lombardi. You're talking to the Super Bowl fantasy football champion. I was able to pull through. My uh, four seed went all the way. So feeling great. These had some great games. Had a great Packer win on New, on New Year's Eve. So loved it. Love it. Absolutely, man. You did win the fantasy league this year. Congrats to you. Didn't think you were going to do it, to be honest, but uh, you pulled through. In in the middle there, my team was looking a little shaky. Shout out C.D. Lamb, wide receiver one on the yard. C.D. Lamb carried you, bro. Carried you. But hey, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Um, We got some league news to go over here. Um, There have been some playoff clinchings already happening. The number one seeds have been locked up. The overall number one pick has been overlocked. That we'll go in and preview. Obviously, we've got the Week 17 recap. We'll break down and give out our games, balls, best and worst, right and wrong. Preview a couple games next week. We already know that um, a lot of teams are kind of sitting their players that have already made the playoffs. And so not a, you know, week 18 for the most part isn't very good except for the games that like actually matter, which we'll definitely preview there because there are some good ones here. And then we're going to recap those amazing college football playoffs, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl as we preview next Monday, the college football championship between Washington and Michigan. So, uh, Lots of glory. Let's go ahead and not waste any more time, Chase. Let's dive on. And this is All Things Football. All righty. So let's go ahead and recap some league news here real quick. So the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC with that Eagles loss to the Cardinals officially clinched the number one seed. So the NFC runs through San Francisco. How important is that there for San Francisco to have the one seed this year? I think it's uh, it's pretty important just for the fact to show that they are the best team, right? They've been really close the last two years, had to travel to the link last year in the Philly. I, I still think they win that if Brock Purdy stays healthy, but now if they don't have to travel anywhere, they're going to have home seed all the way almost to the Super Bowl or all the way to the Super Bowl until they get there. So I, I'm I'm excited. I, I think that's that shows that they're the best team, and I don't think it's any surprise, right? This is the team that we all pick to be clinching the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there there were only there were some slightly surprising, you know, games that they lost this season, but still typical where you're not going to win every game. You're going to kind of go through some rough patches, and obviously they did, but they've kind of come out. That Ravens loss, obviously, what, what was surprising, but I still feel confident about the 49ers going forward. But this isn't a shock at all at them wrapping up the one seed. Obviously, you want the one seed. You want that extra extra week to to get held, and I think that's going to be most important for this 49 team because whenever they were banged up, that was when they kind of went through that three-game losing skid, right? They weren't all fully healthy, right? Christian McCaffrey was hurt. George Kittle was hurt. Deepa Samuel was hurt, right? A lot of their skill guys um, were, were injured, and so that was kind of playing into a factor. So to get the extra week to get them healthy so they can go in and just win just two games to get to that Super Bowl um, is, is huge for them. And obviously getting to play at home in Santa Clara there obviously is, is huge as well. Uh, on the AFC, um, with a 
domination over the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Ravens have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. How important was it for the Ravens to lock this up? I think this was more important than the Niners, right? They needed this. They do not travel well, right? They, they, they've had their um, preseason or postseason woes with Lamar Jackson. No, the first year the Titans came into the home, their house and beat them up. Other than that, they've kind of had to travel this one seed, you know, they can rest their players. They're going to get two weeks off, right? They're not going to play a lot of their players against the Steelers here. They've already clinched it. So that's, that's important because they got to get healthy. That's been a big thing about them going into the playoffs. They haven't been the healthiest. It comes with having a running quarterback, I guess. Cam Newton was only healthy that one playoff run. He made it to the Super Bowl. So running quarterbacks need that extra little uh, weeks off. So I'm surprised that they got it. This was kind of a shocking one seed. You know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, I don't think either one of them, either one of us even picked them to win their division. I didn't even put them in the playoffs. So this was, yeah, this was, this was a a shocking. And honestly, this is the first game. We'll get into the game a little bit. This is the first game where I'm like, yeah, they're the one seed, you know, what they did to those dolphins. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. So obviously this is important because I really think, you know, even though I, I don't think they're the best team in the AFC, honestly, they're, the AFC is weird this year. I don't. It, it's hard for me. Like if I have, I guess if you have to pick a team, it, it w- would be the Ravens, just because they have dominated really good teams. So I'm not mad about it. But I still, still not you know super high on the Ravens. But I'm not high on any team in the AFC except maybe the Browns. I'm kind of getting on the Browning train. I'm I'm excited for the Browns. Um, but um, yeah, it's crucial. You don't want to have to go to right if you do make it to the AFC Championship, right? You don't want to have to play that in Kansas City as it has been the past five years. You don't you don't want to go to Buffalo even to do that. I wouldn't want to play AFC Championship game in Buffalo. Um, we'll see if the Bills get in. A lot of things can happen there. Um, but just to get on the road, but um, I see that um, OBJ has written a yacht for the offensive guys. Oh, yeah. We saw how that went how that went last time with the Giants. So he may just be sabotaging the Ravens before they even start. So. Who knows what happened? There's a lot surrounding kind of Lamar Jackson. And like you said, you know, how he performs in the playoffs hasn't done well. So, you know, we'll see if that kind of what, what he does with that kind of stigma. If he's over to kind of overcome that, and they're able to run run the the table there and, you know, make it to the Super Bowl um, or not. But it'll be exciting to to see. But um, they, they clinched that number one seed. So we got the 49ers and Ravens getting that extra week of break. Another team that has clinched, not the playoffs, but the number one overall pick officially is the Bears via the Carolina Panthers. So the Bears officially have the number one overall pick. They are on the clock. And now the question remains, and it's just going to get amplified and amplified once the season is over, as we get closer to the draft, it's going to be what do they do with that number one overall pick? We'll definitely dive into it and get into it for sure as we get closer. But your thoughts, Chase, just briefly, what do you think as of right now, we're at basically the end of the regular season based on what you've seen from the NFL, based on what you've seen in college, what should they do with that number one overall pick? The same thing that we said and they did last year. Trade it, get a haul. Look at everything you've got for trading the first last year, right? You're gonna still gonna have a, probably a top ten pick, depending on how things play out with the NFL this week, right? Still gonna have a top ten pick. You could trade it, you know, you don't even have to drop out of the top ten. A lot of these top ten teams need quarterbacks. This is the draft of the quarterback, right? They're gonna be reaching for that holy grail that is Caleb Williams. So Trade it, get another haul. Like this is how you rebuild teams, right? I don't think the Bears have done anything really well besides 
slowly methodically rebuild this team right they they kind of goofed up a little bit mid-season last year where they gave up the 32nd overall pick for chase claypool that's like the worst thing that they did for the rebuild besides that trade this get get it get it out of here and then go to work on rebuilding your team you need a lot more than just replacing a quarterback that looks good so yeah no i'm i'm with you i would trade and i would trade again i honestly i think with that first overall pick I mean, you saw what the first pick got last year, right? You obviously were part of that trade. Mm -hmm. I think you can get even more. I think you can get at least three firsts. I think this is definitely at least what they got, you know, a a Trey Lance trade type of deal um, where you can at least get three firsts and and, and then some um, for that number one overall pick. So just load up as much draft picks as you can, get young, get talent, right? The more draft picks you have, every draft pick you get is not a sure thing, right? So the more picks you have, the more likely you're going to be able to hit on, you know, good players, right? That's just, just how the math maths, right? The more you have, the more likely you are to, to nail somebody, you know, to land on the guy. And obviously you're going to get some busts and that's okay. But versus risking a bust on your franchise quarterback, like you don't, we don't know, like Caleb Williams has been great, et cetera. I have some questions based on how this season went. Drake May, I don't know. Penix Jr.'s flying up draft boards, like, but you still don't know, and you're taking a gamble on that whenever you kind of know what you have with Justin Fields. So I agree. I think they just trade and trade, trade back again and again and again. Get as many picks possible. Get somebody's every single pick they have for the next three years and just rebuild, right? Ryan Poles comes from the Chiefs organization. Brett, We've seen what Brett Feach has been able to do. Ryan Poles comes from that tree, so... I'm excited to see how he kind of rebuilds that Bears franchise. You're obviously hoping for a lot of busts, um, but um, we'll we'll see what they're able to do. But I think you stick with Justin Fields. Um, you you keep going with him, and, and you roll the dice and get some get some more more talent, other players at other positions, um, with those draft picks. So it'll be fun and interesting to to see how that develops for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is not a biased Packer fan wanting them to keep, you know, not go after Caleb Williams. The one thing I like in the in, in the NFL over everything is a good rebuild, right? We've seen where the Browns, how where they came, where they're at now. Like, let's continue this. This is how the Browns did it, right? They they traded and traded and traded until they got the people they want and made them successful, right? And then they had John Dorsey who just went and played Madden, put together a team that didn't work. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of the Browns, let's go ahead and move into our Week 17 recap. So we had the last Thursday night game of the season, the New York Jets taking on the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns dominated another great game by Joe Flacco and that Browns team. They beat the Jets 37-20. to Yeah, so this was a, a elite, elite first half of football. This first half might have been one of the best Thursday night games I've ever watched, right? It was the the Jets. You know, they couldn't really do much. But here, Brees Hall was carrying the whole team on their back, right? And, you know, they didn't score a lot. But they still kind of stayed. You know, they're getting blown out, but they were still, like, exciting to watch. Then the, uh, the Browns could do no wrong. Everything went right for them that first half. Joe Flacco looked elite. Um David Njoku had like the greatest 18 minutes of football a Titans ever had and then just disappeared in the second half. Even even their backup running back, uh, Ford, looked elite. So I was just excited to watch. That second half kind of fell off real fast, though. It did not look good that second half. Yeah, I mean, the Browns are just excited to watch. I think they just kind of went on autopilot there at the end after they had that dominated first half, and they just kind of were already into the mindset of we're, we're moving on. 
Uh, we've got this game wrapped up. We're moving on. They've already said that they're resting their starters, most of their starters, right, for the, the last game of the season against the Bengals. That game does not matter. They're locked into the five seed win or lose. So obviously give it like some extra guys. Um, they're kind of mini by, right? You rest and that way they're fresh for, for the wild card round. But I mean, it's perfect way to kind of wrap up the, uh, the New York Jets kind of season to where it's just been, uh, it, it wouldn't have been as bad for the Jets if the expectations with Aaron Rodgers hadn't been so high. Right. And so that's, what's kind of unfortunate because it wasn't like they failed. It's just Aaron Rodgers was injured like the first half of the game of the season. So it just kind of sucks, but the, they got to take a look at, at their head coach. And I, I'm not even going to give him a freebie this year because he had multiple opportunities to go out and grab a quarterback to kind of salvage the season, and he chose not to. Um, I So I'm not going to sit there and give a freebie like, oh, Aaron Rodgers was hurt, blah, blah, blah. This is football. Injuries happen. You have to you have to navigate those injuries. It's just like with fantasy football. Like when you get that first draft game in fantasy football and say, oh, you're going to go 14-0. and Like obviously not realistic. But you think, okay, I'm a shoo-in to at least get there. And then all of a sudden, injuries happen. You've got to go to waivers. You've got to go and all this stuff. Same thing with real football. Injuries happen. You've got to use, you've got to use the trade deadline. You've got to grab people even off the bench, off the couch, right? We've seen teams go and grab people off the couch. For the Browns, obviously it worked. For the Jets, they just they refused to do it. They just stuck with it. Whether it was their pride, their ego, I don't know what it is. And so... Yeah, and so they, they have a team. They could be where the Browns are because that Jets team is hella talented defensively and offensively. The biggest question mark has always been the quarterback. They thought they fixed it with Aaron Rodgers. He gets injured. They did not do anything to address that. It happened week one. It's not like it happened week nine. It's not like it happened week 10. Like after the trade deadline, you're like, okay, well, kind of kind of stuck here. It happened week freaking one, and they did nothing. They did nothing. They did nothing. So – we're going to give grades at the end of the season for for different teams, different things for how the season went. But, man, if I could give F- minus to the Jets, I would. Um, just just terrible management of, of the team. And that starts with starts with the head coach. Yeah. Yeah, even, even not even addressing Zach Wilson. They went from Zach Wilson. They benched him halfway through the season for Tim Boyle. Like, he wasn't injured the first half. I know he got injured, and that's why he didn't play this last couple weeks. He was in the concussion protocol. But when he got benched for Tim Boyle, he was not injured, right? Remember, and there was that rumor going around that said he didn't want to come back because he was treated poorly, which I don't know how you could say that after you've been, like, the worst quarterback for the last two years. But, it, yeah, this, this, this was a punt from the fourth snap of the offense of the game when Aaron Rodgers popped his Achilles. Fourth offensive snap, they decided to punt punt the season away and it starts with robert sala and all i could think of was every time they showed him he's sitting there i told you i hit the over on that yes i hit the over on that i told you i was like every single time it's gonna do it i'm like i'm not gonna feel bad for you because it's your fault no yes so yes i that's all i could think of the whole game so (laughs) (laughs) it was DraftKings. i bet the over on that baby game um but anyway good yeah so i mean get get all the browns to kind of head in there with the Besides the besides the Ravens, I think especially in AFC, they have the most momentum going into going Absolutely. into the playoffs, and that's and that's huge. So excited to see what the Browns are able to do. Um, there, they'll be playing the winner of the AFC South, which is to be determined. 
Um, it'll be the Jags, Texans, or the Colts. So we'll see what, what that shapes up like here next week. But moving on here to the most controversial game we have had all season. I'm curious. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. So Detroit Lions head over to the Dallas Cowboys and lose 20 to 19. Um, we have the controversial call where their lineman Decker caught the game-winning two-point conversion. Everyone was excited, but then there was a flag thrown that said he did not report. The refs had number 70, a different offensive lineman report, and so it was illegal touching, did not count. They had to go for it again um, where there was a penalty that break them up five yards. They decided to go for it again, didn't get it, but Dallas was offsides. Moved the ball five yards up again, and then they decided to go for it again, and they did not complete it, um, and and they ended up losing twenty to nineteen. So, two questions I have for you, Chase. One, I want to get your thoughts on going for it three times with instead of just after you after that first failing of it. Should he did did Dan Campbell do the right thing? And then second, your thoughts on that that penalty, that controversial penalty, who was in the wrong? Was it the Lions players or was it the refs? Yeah. So first, first question going for it three times. That was insanely, insanely dumb going for it. The first time. Love it. You go to win the game. We don't play for ties. That was one thing I do. I've talked down about Dan Campbell. I, I, I continue to talk down about Dan Campbell. One thing I do enjoy from him is he is aggressive and he, you know, he does those fake punts and stuff like that. He understands you play to win. The second time you're lining up, you're, you know, you're already, you're back at your 13 yard line or 12 yard line, whatever that is. Honestly, I don't think you snap that ball, right? They got him to jump off sides. I think you just, you know, do the fake cadence. If they back it up another five yards, you kick the PAT. That's a field goal, right? Your kicker should make that. You do not snap that ball. You know, they jump off sides. It doesn't matter. They they jumped off sides anyway. So you, you snap the ball, got a free play, whatever. I don't, but then going for it again after that, it's just it's it's wild to me how many times that you wanted them to fail right doing it the first time you catch them off guard doing it the second time is ballsy to try to do that if you're going to do that i wouldn't have snapped that ball the third time i would just kick it this is the time where you have to say all right i did it twice we couldn't do it we got to we got to go for you know we just got to take it to ot see what see what we can do in ot because they were they were the hot team right the cowboys had the momentum at the very beginning the lions kind of battled back got the almond um raw late touchdown so they were the team with the momentum take it in overtime see what it does but and then that that penalty the the most controversial thing i think the refs are wrong it looks like decker did report right but the problem is is i i think i don't know if this is even possible but i think it should have been a redo, redo of downs right? The, the refs announced that number 70 reported, right? That's who they announced. That's who the, the Dallas Cowboys thought they were going to get the ball, right? That's the only player. It wasn't, you know, trick player that could have got the ball. He was the only one they announced playing. So when you watch the game, they don't cover 68 Decker because they don't know that he's eligible for a catch. That's on the refs. That's not on Dan Campbell. It's not on Taylor Decker. If he actually did report, he says he did. The refs say 70 did. I'm, I choose to believe the Lions over the refs because I, I do, you know, I, the refs, we've been talked about it all year. The refs are bad. The biggest thing though is, you know, in, in that down, you know, when you're talking about, if you go back just a couple minutes later with that touchdown, 
or when the before they got the touchdown, right? When you give the Cowboys the ball and they were under two minutes left and they had to punt it, there was a tripping penalty called on Luke Schoonmaker that was actually on Aiden Hutchinson that would have the the Cowboys could have need the game. So the the refs were, you know, that wasn't the fixes in. It wasn't the Cowboys get the calls. It, those refs, Brad Allen. He's been investigated before. He's an awful referee. One of the worst we've seen for a while. Most of these games that we're talking about with them have become have have be happened because of Brad Allen. So it wasn't a fix. I think the refs were wrong. I think it was the wrong call, right? But it was just the wrong call on the refs. It wasn't the Cowboys, you know, fell asleep, did no deckers getting the ball. They literally had no idea, right? They they announced 70 was active or eligible, not active. So it's it's impossible to say that like the refs stole the ball the game away from you. If the refs called the called the penalties right the first time, you wouldn't have had that opportunity. If they called it, if they called Decker as, as they announced him as eligible, who knows who's who's on him, right? Because we watched a couple of those line linebackers cover seventy when he didn't go out for a pass and Decker did. So it, it, I mean it's it's wild to see what happens. It's a shame that that's what we're talking about this game because there were some elite things that did happen, like that ninety-two yard touchdown from Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb, right? Or the incredible catch that Amon Ra had at the end of the game to put them in that situation. It's a shame that, that we have to talk about with how the refs messed this up instead of what the players did on the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This is like the the like the the biggest ref like screw up like I've ever I've ever seen because it's not it's not even like a controversial, like like a passing interference, like call or no call, or like a uh, a roughing the pass or call or no call, or like a holding call or something like that, where you can kind of you know look look at the play and see like oh like that was clearly passing interference, how they did not call it, or it was like that wasn't passing interference, how did they call it? Right, it wasn't like we're looking like that, or like a holding call, you know, like in this last year's Super Bowl, it wasn't something like that. It was the fact that a player went up to the ref and said, I'm reporting. And then that ref acknowledged him and then said that it was somebody else that was reporting. Cause like when you look at the video, when you're looking at it, Decker goes up with Sewell to the referee, they're talking, they're the only ones in that little inner circle. And then number seven is running, but he's like 10 yards off. Like he's not like up and in there. And the ref is like acknowledging Decker. Like they're clearly having a conversation. Somebody's not even close to them. How would like unless he's screaming, I'm eligible, I'm eligible, then there's no way how he how I I don't know how they could have mistook that 70 was one eligible. So I a hundred percent blame the refs, but at still the same time, they they announced in the loudspeaker number 70 has reported as eligible. The refs do that. The refs will let the defense know that somebody's reporting as eligible and then they'll say it over the loudspeaker. So how did none of the offense or none of the Lions hear that and like either use a timeout or like tell the ref or communicate to the refs like, hey, actually that that's that's not who we want eligible. So like some nobody on the Lions heard that. I find that extremely hard to believe. Um, I, but I know it happened. I hear it on the replay. They, they announced yes. it right. So I, I know it happened. So I I still blame the refs a hundred percent because that whole thing is just is just crazy. 70 is not anywhere near anywhere near the referee when Decker is right in front of his face. So I don't believe that ref at all that 70 to long he was reporting. I don't believe him at all just because it doesn't make my eyes. It doesn't make sense. 
but then I'll, I guess I'll show like a, a tiny percentage of the lines. Like you didn't, nobody, nobody, I guess maybe you're caught up in the moment, but somebody on that team, a ball boy, a water girl, somebody had to have heard them say, 70s report is eligible. And then somebody should have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. that's not we want eligible. Like what's going on? And, and you take a time out there. Um, and then you regroup and, and you do something else. But it's it's just it's just like that's the first time I've ever seen like the refs like actually just like actually like make, screw make up. up like not just not just like make a bad call but like just completely screw it up and so yes. I was just yes. I was I was just amazed and there were reports saying that they were going to be downgraded all stuff but nope they're on prime time again I think they're doing one of the games on Saturday so they're just they're back in action in prime time to f things up so we'll see. I forget which which game it is, but it's one of the games on this Saturday, which both have playoff implications. So we'll see, we'll see how that works. But um, um, but anyway, so yeah, that's a controversy there. Um, though, yeah, those there, yeah, I mean something to that magnitude, especially because it it wasn't, however, likely, but it still messed up the opportunity for the Lions to be in consideration for the one seed, right? The Lions that was still yeah. in play for the Lions. Um, at that point and it could i'm not for sure with everything else happened it still maybe could have been in play this week maybe the 49ers haven't clinched yet and the 49ers are having to play everybody and the cowboys are having to play everybody the eagles are having to play everybody the cowboys are all the lions are having to play everybody because everybody's alive for the one seed that would have made it for a lot more fun last week in the nfl but instead everything that happened there so just like you said just kind of disappointing that we're talking about that um but um listen if if the lions need uh motivation i to, to go in there and kind of mess things up in the playoffs. They might get, this could easily be a rematch there in the playoffs. Um, I don't remember who, who it was. Someone on Lions said like, it's like, yeah, it sucks. But like, if we have to go in there again and play them, like we already know we have the confidence that we can go in and we can play with them in their house and, and win because they, they, they should have won. So um, hard to beat it, hard to beat a team twice. So maybe the Lions will have, have the upper hand if that rematch sure. happens. But, um, that was the that was probably the, that was the biggest. I mean, I think that might have been. Um, set, I mean, obviously that Rams and Saints um, no PI call was probably the biggest, maybe the biggest controversy I've 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 seen personally, like just me living like yeah. and watching football, um, just because that wasn't a playoff game. Um, this has to be has to be the second closest. It, it may be worse, like I said, because the refs just completely screwed up. It wasn't a subjective yeah. Yeah. call or anything like that. They just screwed up. No. Um, let's go ahead and move on to talk about a more fun game, Chase. So that Sunday night game, a must win for both teams, Chase. Win or go home. And the Minnesota Vikings are going home. The Green Bay Packers came out and dominated on every facet of that game. Just completely dominated the Vikings. Never stood a chance, Chase. I know you've been dying to talk about it. So go ahead and lay it on us. How did your Packers do? This is this is the Packer team that that we should have seen the last three weeks, right? This is the team that we've seen in that run from Thanksgiving up until the the Giants Monday Night Football game. This was the team that beat the Chiefs. This is the team that beat the Lions at home with all the momentum on the Lions side. This is this is the team that that can make a a playoff run. Not not obviously not Super Bowl, but this is a team that can, can compete with most anybody, right? This was a complete dominance. The, like you said, the Vikings only touchdown came off of a failed punt. 
uh, that we just can't catch for some reason. I'm not sure why we can't catch a punt to save our lives. I mean, I told, I even was watching it with a couple of friends to celebrate the New Year's, and I told him, I said, we would be better if we didn't send a punt return out there. Just put all 11 guys on the line, rush it, try to get the block, and then just wherever it is that, that'll, that'll let them pin us, right? And then right as I said that, he muffs the punt. And, uh, the, you know, he was out there because Jaden Reed got hurt on a call that they said that he did the fair catch way too late, which is not a thing. Like, I don't know where they pulled that out, out of, right? Jaden Reed, Reed does a fair catch. He gets blown up at the chest and the knee. And they said, ah, he signaled too late. It, it's okay. You can kill him, which is crazy. But it, it didn't matter because we already had this game won. I liked this. This is just a little bit sweeter for me because if you remember last year, you know, the Vikings had all the momentum going into the playoffs. They come to Green Bay and they get absolutely troused, right? Just uh, Jahir Alexander meets up against Justin Jefferson, holds them to zero yards. And no one talked about it at all because that was the same week that Damar Hamlin stuff happened. And obviously, for obvious reasons, that took over the media. This Packers win was just kind of erased from existence, not really talked about. They didn't give the Packers the fair shot. They did late. And then they had that bad game against the Lions to end the end week. But here, you know, this is the same thing that we're used to doing, right? We we own the Vikings in the month of December. Slash, I know this one was, well, I guess this one was December too, the 31st. The, you know, Packers are, are one of the best teams playing in December. For a long time of Aaron Rodgers' career, it, he was Mr. December, primetime games, doesn't matter. He's winning them. And Orton Love's looking like the same, right? He's, he's looking poise he had great pocket presence he ran in for a touchdown i'll talk about him a little bit later this was just the team that i thought i'd never see for a couple of years right this is a young team that that's getting it done that looks that you know you can't tell this is the youngest team in packers history you can't tell this is the the youngest team still alive for the playoffs like the, these these guys are playing way older they're playing more mature and uh i just i'm excited for it jordan love looks amazing he's actually now the best quarterback ever to play for the Chicago Bears. If he did play, he's got more better stats than any quarterback that's ever played for the Chicago Bears, right? 30 touchdowns. None of them's reached that. There's only two quarterbacks in the league that has more passing touchdowns than Jordan Love. So that, you know, this experiment of is Jordan Love our guy? Are we looking for a quarterback? I think it's safe to say stamp approved. Jordan Love's the guy. Jordan Love is the guy. I even texted you that. I said, I think it's safe <laughs> to say you found your guy because, yes. man, he put on a show and, and, he, and he was he was impressive. My my biggest thing was was I was confused to why the Vikings in a do or die situation went with Jaron Hall as the quarterback versus Nick Mullins. Now I know Nick Mullins, you know, isn't you know the greatest the quarterback ever, but he was still being productive. I mean, he was throwing for 300, 400 yards, still keeping it close, like keeping the team in there. And then, you know, you kind of go off of that to try and go out with Jaron Hall. And obviously, you know, he just couldn't couldn't do anything. So I was very confused as for the coaching, that decision by, by Minnesota. Um, it kind of feels like they kind of gave up on, on the, gave up on the season with that coaching decision. But um, Green Bay dominated, like, like, like you said, from start to finish. And that was a great way to, to bring in the new year a hundred percent. So that was, that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Um, okay. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and get into our best and worst. Jay, so I want you to hit me with your best. My best is the Arizona Cardinals upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles, right? This was a 
a game that no one expected, right? The Eagles win this, they clinch their division. Not, I mean, not not clinch their division, but they, you know, they stay alive for their division. They are stay on top because the Cowboys had that loss last uh, last week against the Dolphins. So they were number one. They needed this. The Cowboys won Saturday. All you got to do is win out the Cardinals and the Giants, two of the worst teams. And they came in there and they got smacked around by Kyler Murray, who actually gave them a touchdown in that awful. Hail Mary throw on a second down. For some reason, he decided to do that. Gave Cindy Brown a like a 92-yard interception return or something like that. And then James Conner. James Conner, who has never really been an explosive electric back, right? He's been productive, but he's never a guy that's like, oh, I'm going to turn on the TV and see what James Conner highlights, right? He's never a guy like that. And he was this week, right? He looked amazing. He looked honestly kind of like David Johnson-esque when he had his magical run in Arizona. These The Kyler Murray showed that, hey, you, do, you don't need to draft a quarterback. I'm still that guy that, you know, led the, I think they were 9-0. and He was number one for MVP before he got hurt. Two, I think it was two years ago in 20, or no, three years ago, I guess, 2020 season. You know, he was 9-0 and leading the Cardinals. They had D-Hop going nuts, and he was their main rusher. Kyler Murray was. He's like, I'm still that guy, right? Give me time. Give me this offense that's actually suited more for me. And the Cardinals look like they have a future, and the Philadelphia Eagles are still in this downward spiral without their magic man, Shane Steichen. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, definitely um, crazy. I mean, the, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys and the Eagles. They took all the two of the top teams in this. So they've got they've got spunk for sure. Um, so that was um that was that was fun. I know. Um, and Jonathan Gannon, right, the defensive coordinator from the Eagles the previous year. So I'm sure he had kind of a, a, a very deep understanding of that Eagles defense as well, even though it's probably changed a little bit, but kind of understand. He under, he knows that personnel inside and out like the back of his hand. So I, he was, I think he was um, able to kind of game plan and exploit that here. Um, my best, we kind of already discussed. I don't want to go too much into it just because it was complete domination, but I got to give the props to the Ravens. Um, this was the this is the best game you know of the year. Obviously, Lamar Jackson played a literally a perfect game. Um, uh, most likely, I, I don't agree with this. Most likely, locked up the MVP with that performance, a five touchdown perfect game. Uh, which I mean, I don't fault him for that game at all. That was phenomenal. I, I don't think he's MVP this year, but that that game was still um, MVP like, right? So yes. I'll give the the flowers where where, where they're due for sure. Um, I honestly think, though, it was more of of the the Dolphins' inability to beat good teams. I honestly like I, the Ravens may very well go and win the Super Bowl, and I still don't think I'll ever be impressed with them. I just really don't, and I, I'm not even a Ravens hater. Like I don't mind the Ravens. I'm neither for or against the Ravens. I don't really care. I just just don't. I just don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, but the, you know, they dominate the game, but I just, I chalk it up more to the, the Dolphins not being able to play against good teams, right? They had the, they had, or against winning teams, right? Um, they had that one win against the Cowboys, but that was up against the Cowboys. Can't win on the road. One of those had to give. Um, but this was uh, just a complete domination from start to finish. The, the, the Dolphins were only in it in like the first two minutes of the game when they were up seven zero and, and, and that's it. The Ravens, just went on a run and, and never looked back. So best of the week were the Baltimore Ravens, obviously dominating the Dolphins and clinching that number one seed in the AFC. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's a shame because this was an MVP like performance, but if Lamar hadn't got his MVP flowers for doing absolutely nothing against the Niners when their defense was kicking the, the crap out of them, you wouldn't say this was an MVP performance. Like it was insane, but also like there's been quarterbacks this year. That's like Joe Flacco's game. Wasn't that far away from it. Right. That he had just a week ago. So like, I'm not, ta- don't, I don't, don't, don't read into that. I'm not taking anything away from Lamar. He played amazing. We've seen he's an MVP caliber type quarterback. He can be, he just hasn't shown like there's, there's, I think there's 10 or 15 quarterbacks with better stats than Lamar this season. So like, man, it, it, it is what it is, but it's kind of disappointing, but pro- bravo on the performance. That was like, I was like, man, these Ravens, they can beat someone. You know, I was thinking they were first-round exits, not really exciting. Like, well, may- maybe they can beat someone. Maybe their offense finally, you know, I finally seen what I needed to see out of the Ravens' offense, right? I knew that Ravens' defense was good. That's how they've been beating teams. But I needed to see something out of that Ravens' offense. And then this is the game. I'm like, wow, well, likely is a stud. You know, Zay Flowers finally, you know, having back-to-back consecutive games where he's, you know, he could always have that one game and then fall off the map for a couple of weeks. So, th- yeah, this was an all-around good job, Ravens. Sure. Well, let's go on to the worst, Chase. Who is your worst for this week? My worst is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was my lock. I was hot on them, right? I finally gave up my Ra- my Falcons, uh, Falcons um, fandom for, you thinking they're going to win their division to go to the Bucks? They were hot. You know, they beat a couple teams that I didn't think they could beat. And then they go against the Saints, which we've seen the Saints team is not a great team. You know, they, they the Saints could possibly win their division and being a not a good team. And they completely crapped their pants on national television. Like, it, it was embarrassing. Like, they had they, they came back and scored at the very end. I think there was like a minute left. They, they scored to make it 13, 20 something. But it wasn't even close, right? And the worst part is, I think Derek Carr threw for like under 200 yards. He got two touchdowns. Like they just had short fields. They didn't have to do a lot. It wasn't like the oh wow, these Saints are dominating. It's like this is the red hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like you could have confused me. I thought this was more like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that was desperate for Brady. Like this was not a great. You know, Baker was in that conversation of maybe he is their guy, right? Maybe he gets another contract. And then this performance was not like I think he had two interceptions. Like. Tampa Bay, what are you doing? This is this is the game that you needed to win, right? You, you don't even need to win your playoff game. You needed to win this game. That would have clinched your division. You, you are, yeah, would have clinched your division with the divisional wins, and you couldn't do that. So now you have to hope that the Falcons can beat the Saints, and you got to beat the Panthers, and hope all that you know. Just what are you doing? Like this is not a good performance. This was the I thought the worst performance of the the weekend. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird because. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen. I've been a fan of Baker. I think he was wrongfully outed out out of the Browns, yes. um, and that just didn't work out in Carolina. And now he's kind of got this thing here where he, I mean, he's he's impressed. I mean, I had the I had the Buccaneers finishing last in their division. Uh, the fact that they're here with the win over the Panthers to get the win to win their division, if they just win the beat the Panthers, like this is incredible. So he's he's done well to take him. Am I confident that he should get this extension? I'm I'm not, but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I don't know who else they would get. Like, do they, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, is there a, a going to be a free agent quarterback or a veteran quarterback they can go after to replace him that would do any better? No. Do you go into the draft and take a gamble on a guy? Maybe it'll just it'll be interesting to see what what they do. I'm I'm very curious to watch that that situation for sure. But um, 
but yeah, that was that was a pathetic performance um, for sure for for the Buccaneers. Um, my worst um, was just the flip side to your best. So my worst was the Eagles defense, um, and so basically. The Eagles' defense is trash. It has always been trash. Last year, they fooled everybody except for us. They fooled everybody except for us whenever they beat up on terrible teams and terrible quarterbacks. This year, when they've gone up against even even not very good teams and not very good quarterbacks, like they've still they've still floundered and they've still lost. I honestly won't be surprised if they lose to the Giants next week. I really would not shock me at this point. The Eagles are just playing terrible right now, and especially in this game. Whenever they went up big at the half, I thought, oh, okay, here the Eagles are kind of playing up to what we think. The final four drives that the Cardinals had against Philly, 10-play, 75-yard touchdown, or nine plays, 77 yards, touchdown. Eight plays, 77 yards, touchdown. Seven plays, 70 yards, touchdowns. The last four drives, Eagles defense could not stop them. They drove the length of the field four times in a row. Could not stop them. The Cardinals did not punt once this entire game. The the defense was terrible. They they kind of got lucky there with that 90-yard yard interception, that pick six, which is cool and fun, but they could not seal it there at the end. They gave up four straight touchdowns without their offense turning the ball over. It's like it's, it wasn't like the offense put them in short yardage, you know, short field, right, with turnovers, fumbles, interceptions like that. They drove the entire field. Each drive was 70 or more yards. They could not stop them um, at all. And so that was just a terrible showing. Matt Patricia, there you go again. Nick Sirianni should be fired after this year. Um, and um, – yeah, so Eagles defense is my worst. Yeah, no, that and we and kudos on us. We knew it from the beginning. This defense is not good. Not to say they don't have studs, right? Fletcher Cox, he, you know, he's kind of past his prime. He's stud. Dare Slate is a very, very good football player. Other than that, they're just holding on to people that are benefiting from playing the, car, you know, the Giants and the Commanders for two games. Yeah, just you know, MVP, you know. Best and worst. I just want to put it out there. As much as Baker looks bad, Baker's got better quarterback stats than Lamar. Like he's thrown more touchdowns, more passing yards, better QBR. Like, it's a, it's who's a your real MVP? Thing. Yep. So it's, it's a real thing. That's all I have to say. It's a real thing. Um, well, there goes our best and worst chase. Let's hit our game balls here really quick. Who gets your offensive game ball? Yeah, this should be no surprise. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of great offense playing at the last couple of weeks, but my guy's Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers new third hall of fame quarterback back to back he went 24 for 33 had 256 yards through the air three touchdowns through the air also had one rushing touchdown that he like superman cam to get into in there and he finished with a passer rating of 125.3 this is actually his fifth game of three plus passing touchdowns and no interceptions the most in the nfl this season so like put him in mvp Right, like if Lamar's doing it, put him up there. Listen, I I'm with you. I think Jordan. I think Jordan Love has a better claim to the MVP than Lamar Jackson does. Like the only thing that the only thing is is people are just looking at what the record is, and that the one yes. that the Ravens had the best record in football, so they have to give it. To, they have to give it to him. Like they won't give it to anybody else who doesn't have the best record in football, which is stupid because there are it's a plethora of quarterbacks that are playing way better than Lamar's and yes. have better stats, have better anything. Look, there's. The month of December, I don't think there's been a better quarterback than Jordan Love. I agree. Joe Flacco, maybe, which, yeah, which is crazy true. when you think. I mean, those have been the yeah. two best quarterbacks in the month of December. Like, if you would have told me start, at the start of the season, say, in the month of December, the final stretch of the regular season, who are the two best quarterbacks, like, 
or have been playing would have been Joe Flacco and Jordan Love. I would have told you crazy, but this yeah. is true. I mean, they're playing, they're playing lights out. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Packers just they just need to win against the Bears and they're in, right? They're in the playoffs correct. with a win, right? Regardless, correct. just a win and yep. in, win and in. There we go. Just against the Bears, baby. Just got to wrap it up against just, the Bears, yeah. dude. Now, oh, man, yeah, they can do it. So anyway, yeah, I'm with you for that game ball. Jordan Love, shout out to you, buddy. Keep it going, baby, against the Bears. And let's get you into the big dance and see what you do in the playoffs. The first season as yes. a start. Yeah. That's impressive, dude. That's impressive. Yes. My offensive game ball, we already talked about it. I just want to give him um, his game ball officially. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb, the league, the fantasy championship winner um, there for Chase. Um, but just thir- 13 um, receptions, 227 yards, one touchdown. Obviously, 90 of those yards came off of that crazy pass. Um, but he passes Michael Irvin's record for most receptions in a single season. He's just been a workhorse. It's crazy what happens whenever you feed the best player on your team. I don't know what Kellamore was doing. I really don't. I really don't. I take back a lot of what I said about him at the beginning where he was some sort of scapegoat or anything like that. I, I don't think that's true anymore. I think he was just terrible at his job. Um, yes, I think he was terrible at his job. He was not focusing CeeDee Lamb as, as, as the best player on the offense, um, and getting in the ball. Um, right. When the whole Tony Pollard thing did not work out, you know, he tricked everybody into thinking he would be a running back one. He's clearly not. Um, and so they changed it up and focused it on CeeDee Lamb and he's carried him this far. We'll see how far they carry him in the playoffs, but, um, yeah, he gets my game ball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, CD balled out, right? And should have had two. He dropped that one and then they fumbled, you know, the, the worst rule in football where you, the touchback, if the other team gets it and you fumble out the end zone, right? He dropped it right there. Should have had two touchdowns. It was just dominating, you know? So. See, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's the worst rule in football. Oh, I don't really, really I, I really it. don't mind it. Like don't fumble it. I, I know I get it. Yeah. But if it's, if it's like, fumbled fumble. out of bounds, it, it, so, it, it re- retains possession of the team, but if it fumbled out the end zone, it goes to the other team on the 20. So, so where, so, so let me ask you this. So if you fumble it, like if, how, how would you work that? So if you fumble it out of, you know, you fumble it and it's like a touchback or whatever, do you get the ball where you fumbled it? Or do you go back to like the 25? Do you treat it like a touchback? What, like, what, how would you fix it? I, I would, would just get right rid of where, I, I do I do it just like it's out of bounds. Put it right where it was fumbled out. So if you fumbled out of the end zone right there, I'd put it as a one yard line. You know, you fumbled it out of bounds. Okay. Yeah. So like I was, yeah, I wouldn't put it. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't mind that rule at all. People, you know, people hate on it. I I just would say don't fumble the ball. Just no, I don't fumble true, the ball. You don't true. have to worry about it. But. I, I mean, I want to be mad if maybe they change it or something like that. But um, just don't fumble the ball, and you don't have to worry about. It. Yeah. Yep. Very true. Um, Very true. Hold on to that defensive point. game ball, Chaser Roney. Yeah, and this guy, uh, double dipping in Packers, even though this is a former Packer, this is probably the best trade deadline trade that they've made this year. He's been the best player on this Bills defense. It's Rasul Douglas. I think this is like the third time I'm giving him my game ball as a Buffalo Bill. This guy is going is is nuts for them. He's their best cornerback right now. Two total touch, two total tackles, three pass defense three pass deflections, two, t- uh, man, I can't talk, two interceptions, one touchdown, a 40-yard pick six. Like, this guy was, this guy's nuts, and he's been doing it consistently. It wasn't like a a freak, like Sidney Brown, you know, he hasn't had 
four t- picks all game. He just gets a 90-yard pick. Good for him. No, this is consistent. Rasul Douglas is locking down and, and making quarterbacks pay for throwing his way. Yeah, he's yeah he's balling out for sure. I'm going with the defensive back as well for the Chicago Bears. And Tyreek Stevenson, who balled oh. out five tackles, four pass deflect defended, and two interceptions. Just made that Falcons offense life miserable um, as the Bears routed the Falcons, which was my lock pick. Um, saw that coming from a mile away. The Brown, the Bears, uh, the I think the Bears could beat crappy teams. I, I'm confident that the Bears are good enough to, to beat crappy teams. Not confident where they're able to compete against good teams, um, but against crappy teams, I, I have a lot of faith in them. And so that's why I had them as my lock against the Falcons. But Tyreek Stevenson showed up, showed out. You get my game ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that Rook showing up, right? That was a pick that I wasn't too happy with. You know, like Miami, I'm like, ah, this guy, there's better players left on the board. What are you doing? He has been an excellent uh selection uh, addition to that defensive back along with Jalen Johnson from Utah. So, you know, those guys are balling out. Congrats to them. Absolutely. Well, there are our game balls. Let's go ahead and go into where we were right and where we were wrong. Chase, where were you right? Yeah. So I went 11 and five. I was right. A lot of, I got a lot of the, the bold picks I wanted. I got a lot of them wrong, but I picked all the primetime games. Correct. Right. I got that, that Sunday night because that controversial ending, I got that right. I picked the Browns routing the jets. I picked the Packers over the Vikings. So I, I, I locked up all of those. Got a couple wrong. Got a lot right this week. There we go. Yeah. Where I was right. Um, I picked that. I picked the Steelers to beat the Seahawks. Um, I wasn't shocked when that happened. Um, just the Steelers had kind of, since Mason Rudolph took over, kind of turned that corner where it was that spark where they were getting more production offensively. The defense kind of came together, started playing, you know, to that caliber of defense that we hold them to. Offense finally putting up yards, putting up points. Um, and just, I've just been kind of out on the Seahawks this past couple of weeks. Like they, they kind of had that brief moment where we thought, oh, maybe they're, maybe they're going to make that push, you know, against the Eagles there on that Monday night game. Um, but kind of since Gino's kind of been back, he's just been kind of falling back, back down to earth. So I think, um, it's sorry to say, I think that the Gino experiment, you know, didn't work out in, in Seattle, no matter how fun it was to watch, especially last season, um, obviously was a lot of fun, but, um, uh, I picked the Steelers to win on that game. And so they definitely were able to, to do that. And they secured another, um, winning season for Mike Tomlin, which I did not think was going to happen once they lost to both the Patriots and the Cardinals. I did not think that was going to happen. Um, but sure enough, they turned it around, obviously, when they finally got rid of Trubisky. Um, if they would have just got rid of him sooner, they're talking about they're already locked into the playoffs. Um, if they would have just got rid of him sooner. So, Mike Tomlin, you, you get a ding on the season there for me for, for that. Um, but you're still in the mix. You need some help. Um, but looks like you'll be able to get at least – a a better shot against the Ravens since they're resting some of their starters since they already clinched. We'll see what happens, but that's, that's where I was right. Yeah, no, that, that surprised, you know, not surprised me. I didn't pick them because I thought, ah, this is the year, right? This is the year. No longer, no more winning for Mike Tomlin. Congrats. You know, that's the, the most meaningless, but coolest stat out there, right? Like, Congrats, you never had a winning season. You got one super, you know, like one Super Bowl, not a lot of playoff success, but it's really cool. And I like Mike Tomlin. He's a heck of a head coach. Besides that, Trubisky, like he had, I mean, he even had the gall to fire his offensive coordinator, who he's seen that wasn't working out. Should have been during the offseason, but he finally did it midseason. Like Tomlin did a lot right. Just that one little wrong that almost cost him his record. He righted the ship right at the end. Steelers look good. 
who would have thought that it, that the Bengals would have been the one team missing the playoffs out of all of those out of that whole division? Crazy. Crazy. Crazy, and they were even still in it, even with Joe Burrow getting injured. But um, yeah, um, but craziness for sure. Well, that's where we're right, Chase. Where were you wrong? Yeah, so I've got a couple of these. I mean, we already talked about it. I picked the Dolphins over the Ravens. Not really anything uh, logically. I did it. I just thought, man, this is the Dolphins, right? They just beat the Cowboys. or come out, beat you know, shut my, you know, shut them down, shut those uh, haters down, those naysayers down, as, as college football talks. <laughs> But uh, and they didn't, they they didn't, and that's where I was wrong. Also, the Falcons, I thought they would, uh, they would improve. I thought they beat the Bears. I thought this, they were still in the hunt for their division. I thought they come out and play their all. They decided they were going to revert back to the Falcons before, right? They just came out, used up all, you know, used their their guys. You know, Bijan had 19 touches. Cal Pitts got a touchdown, and then. The next week, they decide that Tyler Algier and Johnny Smith are the number ones again. Like it was just fun for a week, you know. Like that is just irritating as as someone who really enjoys watching, wanting to watch the Falcons. So that's that's where that's the two biggest where I was wrong. Sure, um, where I was wrong, Panthers, man. I thought um, I thought her, I thought I was finally going to get predict the Panthers win. Uh, didn't even score a point. You know, the Jags were without Trevor Lawrence. There is your boy, C.J. Beathard there. Beathard. I'm doing it. And, they, you know, they didn't play very well either, really. No. Um, Travis Etienne had a heck of a game, two touchdowns. But um, just offensively, I mean, Bryce Young, I mean, only barely threw for 100 yards, finished with 112 yards with the interception. Um, just couldn't get – just couldn't get anything going. Um, and it was depressing to see because – you just saw them ball out against the Packers defense, albeit still in a loss, but put up 30 points. That was like, I'm like, man, okay, they're getting into it. Like they're going to be able to go out there and, and, um, and they weren't able to even take advantage with the, you know, with the injured, with the injured Jacksonville Jaguar team. So just a complete miserable, pathetic performance. David Tepper was even upset. He threw his drink <laughs> at a Jacksonville fan. Uh, just everything is melting down there in, in Carolina. And then I was, yeah, so I was just way wrong on that. I was way wrong. Yeah, yeah. Those Panthers, you know, it, it's going to be a rough couple years for them, right? Because they, you know, they had the first overall pick that they traded for Bryce Young. So now they got to put weapons around him. And he's your guy. You got to get a coach that actually can help him and not an old buddy of yours from your indie days, David Tepper and Frank Wright. Like, this is, we're, this is probably a miserable rebuild for the Panthers coming up. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Um, well, that is right and wrong, Chase. So um, that wraps up our recap here for week 17. Real quick, though, Chase, what did you learn from week 17? Yeah, what I learned, and this is more of a uh, a, a prediction, I guess, that I'm, I'm basing off of what happened this season and this week. But I uh, special teams, they're going to cost a team a playoff spot. They're going to cost the team either a playoff spot or a playoff win, right? I watched it all 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 week this week, even in the college football playoffs. The special teams—that's more of a liability than a skill, right? I think you know you you have to you know being good at them doesn't do you any good. Being bad at them costs you. It, it's it's a rough rough where go there. I'm not a special teams guy. Special teams is going to hurt a team down in the, down the future stretch of games. I I would agree with that. Um, what I learned from week 17, I learned it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish, right? We take a look specifically at, at the Eagles. They started off 10-1, and 1, 
And we're thinking, man, okay, they still are kind of iffy. They don't look great, but, you know, they're winning these games. They're playing well. And then they've lost four of their last five. They're now 11-5, and five, and most likely, barring some crazy collapse with the Cowboys against the Commanders, going to miss out on winning their division and have to go on the road in the playoffs. And we've seen kind of how that would look like, and it doesn't look pretty. So, um it doesn't matter how you start. You could be crappy at the beginning of the season, but if you turn on at the end of the season, get hot at the right time, right? That's what's best. You could start off hot and then falter like the Eagles. Um, you can kind of go through a little bit of a scrum like the 49ers, even the Browns, while the Browns were trying to figure out their quarterback situation with different injuries and stuff like that. We'd see where they're at right now. They're hot. Um, the Packers as well, they started off, you know, with kind of, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, if this is for sure rebuilding here, for sure, we're trying to see what we've got. And all of a sudden, boom, they're turning on. So a lot of stuff, you know, we we get the hot takes a little bit too early there in, in the season. We have to wait for it to play out. So that's that's what I learned. It doesn't matter how you start. It's it's how you finish. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Sometimes it's better to be, you know, not the, the team with the, the lights on you, right? The Cowboys were kind of that team early on. That now, once they got all out of that, they played their better ball mid-season, right? So, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you want to be the team that just turns it on at the last second. Look at them, the Eagles with Nick Foles. You know, there they, you they go. Hot at the right time. They, hey, they did. That's that. That's that big dick Nick baby. He yeah. comes in clutch. At least, at least in that time. Um, yeah, that was fun for sure. Well, there you go. There's our recap of week 17. And now we're going to hit you with a preview of week 18. Now, this is the final week of the regular season. So for a lot of you, this will be the last chance to see your team play. Um, so I, I, I empathize with you. I sympathize with you because that, you know, that sucks. Um, even whenever your team, even when your team isn't playing well, you still you still want to watch them. Um, I, yeah. I know because I've lived through it the majority of my life but with the Chiefs, you still want to watch them play, uh, even though, you know, they're not going to win. Um, so shout out to all the teams that have clinched, um, and shout out to the teams that will clinch and the ones that unfortunately have already, you know, will, will wrap it up and clean out their lockers. So, um, and just enjoy this last week with your team, um, because it's, it's, uh, listen, I, it's a long drought. It really is, but all of a sudden it'll be here before you know it as well, but just enjoy it. Enjoy this last week while you have it. Um, because here in a couple weeks, you'll just be dying to watch. If you're a Panthers fan, you'll be dying to get dominated by the Jaguars again just because you want to see yes. your team play. Um, so a lot of you guys are already on mock draft season. Um, so let's see those mock drafts um, yeah, and see how we get team be. better. Um, so we're not going to we're not going to preview a lot of these games because a lot of them don't matter. A lot of teams like the Chiefs, the Ravens, the 49ers are already said since they've clinched their spots, they're already resting their starters. So not a lot to go over here. It'll be tough to predict some of these games just because obviously we're not getting the teams at their full strength. Um, but um, but we got a couple of matchups that are absolutely 100 percent must watch because they have huge playoff implications. Um, and we're going to start with these two games here on Saturday. So first up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Now you may ask, but Garrett, the Ravens are already clinched. Yes, you're right, and they are resting their starters. Lamar Jackson is not playing. Several other starters are not playing. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing for their playoff life on this game, albeit against the Ravens without their stars. The Steelers must win this game. If they win, their chances are st – it's not a for-sure thing, but – their chances are 
are there, right, that they can still squeeze into the playoffs. They're going to need some help. But if they lose, it's done. So the Steelers are going to come out there and give it their all. So it'll be exciting to watch. But Chase, your quick thoughts here on Steelers versus Ravens. Yeah, I, I've i got Steelers here. I think the Steelers are playing, you know, Ravens resting players. They, they they want to play spoiler. They don't want the Steelers in the playoffs, right? This rivalry is one of one of the best, better ones in the NFL. But the Steelers are playing when, when you're motivated playing football, it's hard to beat them. They already beat them with Lamar Jackson. Don't forget that, right? The Steelers beat the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Now they have all, everything to play for when the Ravens have nothing to play for. And they're playing all their starters. Like, I, I, I've got Steelers, but anything can happen in the NFL. So I don't know. I'm, the Ravens are the better team, I'd say, but not the better team we'll see Sunday. Or Saturday, sorry. Saturday. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I got the Steelers winning this one. Obviously, it plays in that, you know, the Ravens are sitting their starters, right? They're not kind of the game plan for like Lamar Jackson. They're not kind of the game plan for some of these other things. So it's definitely going to help them. But the Steelers just, they're just hot right now, right? They're getting hot here at the end. Um, It's a division matchup. So, you know, it's going to be hard fought. They know them well. They already have the confidence that they went and they beat them once. Uh, That's a must win, do or die situation. And so um, I, I I like the Steelers in this one. Honestly, I might even have picked them, even if even if the Ravens were at full strength. Um, but um, I got to see those right with this one, especially because of, of the rest for for the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Now the big one, the big Kahuna. This will be. I think this will be the best game of the week. I do think this will be the best game of the week because this is the game I think with the most on the line. Because the winner of this game will 100% make the playoffs. Very true. And then depending on what happens with the Jaguars, if the Jaguars lose, the winner of this game will win their division. And not only make the playoffs, but get a home game in the playoffs. And obviously that's the Houston Texans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Right? The winner of this, win and you're in, lose or go home. This is going to be high stakes all the stakes on it i'm here for it i'm loving it um your thoughts here texans colts yeah this is this is a great game with two teams that that had had zero realistic expectations going into the season right these teams are are playing on borrowed money per se right they're doing free bets at the casino they've got nothing not really don't don't suspend them nfl but they've got nothing for them to lose, right? I mean, you playoff spot, but like you lose, you're just like, hey, we were right there. Look at this is a rebuild. Both these teams are rebuilding. Texans, you know, they had drafted their quarterback. Their quarterback balled out, should be offensive play, uh, rookie of the year. I don't care that he didn't play all the games. This was an elite quarterback year for CJ Stroud. Then the Colts, who should have had that out of Anthony Richardson, and they've just went through like the most, maybe, maybe besides the Browns, the most in, bad injury luck, right? They, Jonathan Taylor didn't play the first four games, came back. He didn't play a couple more games. Zach Moss was their, their backup. He got hurt. Anthony Richardson already mentioned he broke his shoulder, had to have surgery week four. Gardner Minshew is kind of a punting and nope. The magic man, Steve Sarkeesian came in or not Sarkeesian, uh, Shaken, Staken, Steve, Steve Saiken came in and they're in, they're almost in the playoffs, right? They could have locked it up. They had a couple games where they fall through. Like they they lost to that. What was it? The Steelers, like three weeks ago. That would have been a big game for them. But they're here for it. I've got the Colts winning this one. Colts, listen. Um, I agree with everything you said. It's super impressive what the Colts have been able to do with all those injuries, especially you know riding with Gardner Minshew. 
who I love throughout, you said like this team is frisky, like they're able to, you know, but they're like, they're so unpredictable because they'll get a good game from them and they'll get a bad game from them. Um, and the Houston Texans as well, we were talking about how the Houston Texans were going to be a top five pick um, in this draft. And all of a sudden they're here now playing to win the division, right? With the opportunity to win the division and go into the playoffs, which is just not something. So these teams have both super exceeded expectations beyond all measure. Both head coaches, I think, are should be in the the conversation for coach of the year based on what they've done with their teams and where they've got it to. That being said, CJ Stroud has been just phenomenal this year. I think he would have broken probably a lot more rookie records if he wouldn't have missed those two games because of the concussion. Um, but even even coming back from after missing two games, he wasn't – he picked up pretty much where he left off. He wasn't still at 100%, yeah. um, but he still played really, really well. And so, I, I'm listen, I'm, I'm riding with the Texans on this one. Um, I just got to go with who I think is the better quarterback at this point. Even though I love Minshew Mania, I'm riding with C.J. Stroud and that Texans, um, that Texans team. Um, this is a, you know, division, a divisional matchup. They've been preparing for this. This is do or die. It's in Indy, right? So it's going to be tough. Um, but I'm just expecting CJ Stroud to, to put on the show. Honestly, um, I'm excited to watch him. This is the first game that the Texans have played this season. That hasn't been at the noon window. They didn't have any primetime game. They didn't have any late window game. They only played games at 12 o'clock noon That's central crazy. time this entire season, 17 weeks. So this is the, the first primetime game, the first time they played out of it. So I don't know. Does that mean anything? I don't know. But I'm excited to watch them there. CJ Stroud is no um, no stranger to the limelight, right, coming out of Ohio State. So I, I think he's going to step up to the moment. And I got the Texans winning this must win and a fun one and heading to the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I could very well see that. I'm, I'm rocking with the the Colts I just think they're the the first year team that that you know not that it wants it more because that's I think both team want it I just think they're the better all around team I think that 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 defense Texas defense as fun as it is and as as stars they have I think there are still some glaring in, uh, holes that they sh- they will fill you know with all their draft capital they have coming up but I'm rocking with the Colts so very very fun one D- definitely tuning in for that one definitely a fun one. Um, plus, I mean, honestly, too, when you look at mistakes, I think Gardner Minshew is more likely to turn the ball over than C.J. Stroud is as well. So if you're thinking about, like, mistakes, how that has come into it, who knows what could happen. But, listen, I'm excited to watch that game. I think, like I said, I think that'll be the best game. That'll be the best game of the week. Um, and then let's go ahead and preview. So this 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 last Sunday night game of the regular season, um, Buffalo taking on Miami. Now, you may ask me, why, why isn't this one the biggest game in my what I think will be the biggest game. This one is for the division 100%, right? You win this game, you win the division. For the Bills, depending on what happens with some other teams, if they lose, they may miss the playoffs altogether. Right? Dolphins are, are in it for sure, right? If they lose, they're still going to be in it. But the Buffalo Bills, there's a possibility where they're going to be the two seed, the six seed, or not in the playoffs at all, depending on what else happens. So this is going to be a fun game. My... Let me get your thoughts on it real quick, and I'll give you mine. So, what are your what are your takes here? What are your thoughts here on, on this game for the AFC East on the line? Yeah, 
I think this is the perfect uh, scenario for the Buffalo Bills to be in compared to what they are this season, right? You win and you win your division two seed, right? You're the team that's the high dog and wildcard weekend. Lose and you're potentially out of it. Like, isn't that like every game for the Buffalo Bills? They either dominate or they're out of here. This is perfect. NFL's not scripted, but if it is, this is a perfect script for this Buffalo Bills team. But I am rocking with Buffalo, right? We've seen them already dominate the Dolphins already and now it's going to be uh, a Dolphins team that has very low momentum they're out Jalen Phillips he tore his ACL on Black Friday Brock or not Brock Purdy uh, Bradley Chubb Bradley Chubb thank you he tore his ACL just last week right Tua got dinged up Waddle's dinged up Tyreek is a little dinged up like this is not a a great Dolphins team I think there's a lot of Holes that are glaring that Mike McDaniel's Mike McDaniel as a play caller covers up for him because he's I think is one of the best play callers we have right now. But this Buffalo team, they know it. They know how to expose it. They're going to come play good football. This is Josh Allen, you know, all written all over. A couple bad weeks, come right back in, ride the white horse right into the playoffs. Listen, I, I'm with you 100. percent I, I think the Bills will win this one. I don't think it's going to be much of a contest, right? Um, yes, it's in Miami, Uh, you know, earlier in the season, I would have thought maybe Miami has a chance, but I just saw what happened. I just saw Miami just get dominated by the Ravens. Um, I think they could definitely get dominated by the bills because I've already seen it happen. This is going to be the case in point. This is who the Miami Dolphins are. They don't beat teams with winning records, right? Buffalo bills. albeit having a down season, obviously still have a winning record. They're going to come in. I really don't think it's going to be much of a contest chase. So I'm, that's why I, that's why I said, I think the Colts and Texans game is going to be so much better just because on this game, I'm not going to be surprised that this is a game just like we saw, you know, with, with the Ravens and Dolphins or what we saw with the bills and the Cowboys where um, it's just, just a complete domination from start to finish. And it's never really a game. So I get why they put it here because this game is to decide the division. So I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. But um, I just I just think that Texans and Colts game is going to be so much more competitive and better of a game than what this one is going to be, which is why I'm more excited for that one. But I got I got the Bills winning big big on this one. Like I said, I think it'll be a blowout. I don't think it'll be close. Um, um, and if they, I believe if they, if the Buffalo Bills win, then that puts Miami at number six for showdown in Kansas City. We will get that. We will get that. Um, the that Tyree Kill return to Arrowhead after all oh. that we didn't get because they played in Germany. So that could be a fun one as well. Germany. That'll be but, great. Um, That'll be great. Yeah. I got a, I got Buffalo Bills. I got Buffalo Bills winning by by a mile. Of course, last time I predicted them winning by a mile against the Chargers, they barely they barely won. So who knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> um but like you said, this is the perfect kind of ending to the Buffalo Bills season to where they either make it yeah. and they're in or they lose and they probably aren't. So crazy Craziness here, but um, yeah, I, I'm confident here that the Bills kind of route route the Dolphins. No, I'm I'm right with you. I think I I don't I, I think it might be a little closer than you're thinking, but I don't think it's. I think in the end, it prob the Bills probably pull away, maybe a three two or two score game. But yeah, I don't think I don't think the Buffalo Bills fans will be on the edge of their seat at all this game. I'm with you. Well, let's go ahead and go into our lock picks. Now, like I said before, this one is kind of hard because of the nature of Week 18, but we're still going to give some locks and some upsets, Chase. So who are you, regardless of who's playing or who's not, who are you locking down as your lock for this week? Yeah, and I don't have any reason. I've seen their favorite, and I agree. I think the Pats beat the Jets this week. 
I think the Jets are, are really, really bad football team. Aaron Rodgers wanted to come back, right? They weren't in playoff contention. They shut him down. I think that ruined the entire flow of the season, right? Some of those players, not, not Zach Wilson in the quarterback room, but some of those players on the defensive side were still playing really hard, thinking that maybe when he comes back, they have a shot. Once they realize he's not coming back, we haven't really heard much of them, right? The William brothers, Sauce Gardner, they've kind of just become invisible in this defense. So I think the Patriots come in and ruin their draft stock. You know, Bill Be- Bill Belichick's last farewell game, right? Because rumors is he's out. So I think he comes in, beats his rival, his old employer, the Jets, and and uh, ruins the Patriots draft stock. Listen, I- I'm with you. I'll-, I'll ride with the Pats as well. I'm gonna ride with the Pats as well. I think the Jets are just they're just they're just done. I think the Jets are done. Um, they just don't have they don't have anything left to play for, not even their pride um, at this point. Um, so, so I'm with you. I'm not mad about that. My lock pick, which I know you're not going to like, but I'm going to do it anyway because I don't care. I'm locking in the New Orleans Saints over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, for just the the fact that I think you know, obviously Saints had that had that big win over the Buccaneers. The Saints, both of these teams are still technically alive for the playoffs. Obviously, they have to win um, for for the possibility to obviously still be alive. So this is going to be a fun one to watch as well, just because they're both pl- playing for their playoff lives. Um, and I've just, I've been down on the Falcons all year. Um, so I'm not going to change on that. I picked the saints to win the division. We'll see if that happens. The Bucks have to slip up again against the Panthers. I don't really think that's going to happen, but who knows any given Sunday. Um, so I'm riding with riding with the saints as, as my lock pick to, to finish the season with the win over the, over their division rivals, the Falcons. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to do it one more time and be uh, silly one more time. I'm picking the Falcons, but I am I am a very low con- – this is a, uh ego pick for me, right? I picked the Falcons to make the playoffs. This is their last chance. So this is the, that's why I'm picking them. I would not be surprised if Derek Carr and the Saints win this game, especially after what they did to – not even what they did, which is how they looked in the uh, – how the Falcons looked against Carolina. Absolutely. Who's on upset alert, Chase? Who are you picking for your upset this week? I am picking the New York Giants to upset the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go. I do, I've been saying this all year round since week two, and they barely beat the Minnesota Vikings. This Philadelphia team is not a good team. They've, they, they got exposed not really by the Jets. The Jets beat them, and they, they, they beat them off the turnovers whatnot. They got exposed by the 49ers, and ever since then, they've been struggling, right? They And honestly – on that uh i think for some reason i think it was a holiday but was it christmas day that they they played the jet the giants the first day time and the giants should have won that game like they gave up a couple defensive scores that they shouldn't have yeah. allowed but tyrod taylor if danny if uh tommy devito is not starting in that game tyrod taylor is the entire time the the giants win that game i think it's the same thing i think tyrod's gonna come out and start and i think the giants beat the eagles and sent and send their confidence way low into the playoffs I love it. I'm I'm riding with you 100. percent I think Tara Taylor has changed the offense. Um, he's played extremely well the past two games. Really should have beat the Rams last week. Um, and and I love it. The Eagles are down. They're down bad right now. I think they're going to be too focused on. They're they're going to need help. They need the Commanders to beat the Cowboys right, and they need to win this game. There's a lot of things going on to where they. I think they lose this game head all, headed into the playoffs against the NFC South team, um, who they might lose to as well. Um, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I love that. I love that. Go. I'm get. I'm ready. I'm riding with the Giants as well over the Eagles for sure. Awesome. Um, my upset alert is going to be a team that has been spoiling a lot of teams' season this 
year, especially last week, and that is the Arizona Cardinals are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Um, listen, Seahawks still technically live for the playoffs. They needed a lot to happen, so they're still kind of playing in it. Cardinals obviously eliminated. This is only going to continue to hurt their draft position. Um, right. You kind of saw them when they were getting ready to win. You saw their GM kind of like spazzing out a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, as more wins you get, the more likely you're not going to get Marvin Harrison. Um, good news for the Cardinals is there's a ton of extremely oh. talented wide receivers. In this draft wide receivers. So to to say, and I honestly don't even think Marvin Harrison Jr. is leagues above them. Like, I, I don't really? even think he's maybe. But yeah, I mean, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is, is fantastic for sure. But I'm not going to tell you he's leagues better than than Odunze. I'm not going to say he's leagues better. That's true. I'm not going to say he leagues Dude's better than, uh, you know, than some of these guys. So I think you know you still have a you still have a shot at getting a, a franchise changing wide receiver even even without him for sure. Um, but anyway, Seahawks are, are playing bad. They're down. They just lost to the Steelers. Uh, you know, Cardinals. You know, play spoiler. You know, it depends on. It's going to depend on the Cardinals. How bad are how bad do they want to win? If they want to win, if they 100 percent want to win, I think they will win. If they are not 100% wanting to win, then I don't think they will. Um, so it's just going to depend on how badly they want to win, uh, and, and that'll be that'll be the difference. But um, I'm picking them to win. Um, I think they'll go out on top, get some momentum going into the future for next season, and get that upset win over the Seahawks. Yeah, if you know what, I, I love the pick. If it if there was no politics in it, I think I'd ride with you. But I think. Um, Josh Gannon coming out and, and saying multiple times that Kyler Murray's their guy. Number one's our dude. We don't need, you know, we don't need another one. Even though I know the Josh Roshan things, I know, I know no, they, no, no. they lie in the but, past. But I got to say this. I was going to touch on this as well. I, I think it's very interesting how he never actually says Kyler Murray's name. He only refers to number one. Maybe am I reading into it where they say, is Kyler Murray the guy? He says, yes, without a doubt, number one is our guy. He did not say yes. Kyler's the guy. Yes, Murray's the guy. Maybe I'm reading into that too much. Maybe I'm starting like this conspiracy theory. I just find it interesting that he never once said Kyler's name specifically. He just refers to him yeah. as a number. number. Yeah. Anyway, no, I true. And I mean, that's the same. There's the same organization that said Josh Allen is our, or not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen's our guy. The day they drafted Kyler Murray number one of all. So I understand that. <laughs> Like, like I, I understand that completely, but I think that was kind of, I think they're going to tell him, Hey, you know, you're safe. Don't, you know, we, we want, we want a high pick. Like you're doing nothing but hurting us right now. I think there's a little bit more politics, not saying that they're tanking or anything. The players don't tank. I believe that firmly, right? The New York jets want to beat the, uh, the Ravens in that, that year to drop down, miss out on, on a uh, T law and get the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. My bad. The Rams. Yep the Super Bowl Rams. So like teams don't tank, but I think there's a little bit more politics going into this. I love it. I would not be surprised that happens. I'm picking the Seahawks though. And go. Well, let's head into our last big game preview of the season. Chase, walk us through your big game preview for week 18. Yeah, so there's a lot of big games. We touched on them all. I didn't want to retouch on the Colts or retouch on the Bills, right? So I went with the big game for me, the game that I am jumping out of my seats. 
the Green Bay Packers with the first year head uh, quarterback, Jordan Love, have the potential to do the unthinkable and make the playoffs. I think we both put the Packers in the playoffs in this podcast. Not a lot of teams did, right? The Packers Packers were supposed to finish last in their division. If you go back, Chicago was supposed to be over them. Vikings were supposed to win the division. The Lions were supposed to be number two. The Packers have the chance to make the playoffs, right? All they have to do is beat the Chicago Bears. A team that they that Matt Lafleur has never lost to. He's nine and zero against them, right? Jordan Love's never lost to him. Aaron Rodgers has the ownership against them, right? And I think this would be a less appealing game. I think the Packers would just run away with it if there wasn't a little bit going on in that Chicago's organization. They just locked up that number one seed, and there's a player down there wearing the number one that needs to prove that he is their guy, right? This is Justin Fields' last chance to impress the the GM enough to not move off of him, right? I think he is. I, I wouldn't move off of him, but he he's going to have to play, in his mind, his best game, right, against these Packers. He spoils the Packers' season. I don't know how you can move off of him. I think the Packers win this. I don't think it's particularly close, but I think there's a little bit more challenge than just beating the Bears. I think this you got to beat Justin Fields at his best. Yeah, listen, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm right with the Packers. I think I'm, I don't think it'll be close where we were thinking like, oh, the Packers might lose. I think it, it'll be a closer game. But uh, this is going to be the Bears Super Bowl, right? This yes. this is it, right? Especially you know at the last you know end of the season, you always want to spoil like the Lions did last year against the Packers, right? Division rival, you want to go in, you want to even though you're not playing for anything anymore. You've already been eliminated. You still want to just obviously you, you want to end the season with the win, right? You don't want to end the season with the loss, but you want to you want to um, um, you want to go in and you want to knock off your 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 division rival, right? This is one of the most historical rivals in the NFL, and you want to go and you want to end their season and put them down in the dirt, so where they're sitting on the couch just like you are. So this is Justin Fields' Super Bowl, like you said, he's kind of playing for his job. This is like his final audition, basically to to, to keep it. So. Um, I think we're going to get a lot out of the Bears. Um, but, man, the, Jordan Love is so good right now, bro. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, think, I mean, I, I, there's no way. I, there's no, I think I it's more I, like no the, Yeah, I think it's more like the, the Bills game where the Dolphins and Bills, right? The Dolphins play good. The Bills just play better. I think the Chicago, we're going to get a good Chicago yeah, team would, against a with that. great Packers team. Yep, I, I would agree with that 100%. 100%. That's fun if you win. And in those are those are those are kind of like those are the most stressful games, but also the most exciting games for yes. sure. Yes. Alrighty, my big game preview kind of alluded to it here. It's going to come with the AFC South. Um, it's going to be the Jaguars and the Titans. Um, this game has huge playoff implications because depending on what happens with the Jaguars, teams get in, teams get out. Right. So let's just put it blankly. Right. If the Jaguars win. Boom. They win their division. Doesn't matter about anything else happens. They win their division. They're in. They'll they'll host the Browns um, in the wild card round. Now, if they lose, not all is lost. They could still make the playoffs even with the loss. But they need to have the Steelers lose as well. So luckily enough, maybe if you're you know luckily enough, the Steelers played the week the, the day before. So if the Steelers if the Steelers lose, then it's not going to matter what happens to the Jags. Obviously, they're going to still want to play to win because they'll win their division. They'll get a home game. Otherwise, they'll be the seventh seed, right? Don't want to go on the road if you don't have to. Um, but all is not lost. So it, it might take some pressure off of them to say, listen, 
maybe they take, maybe if Trevor Lawrence isn't really a hundred percent, maybe they take him, maybe they hold him back again, because even if they lose, right, they still make the playoffs. So they can get Trevor Lawrence at a hundred percent healthy going in, try to make a run. Right. So all is not lost, but if the Steelers win and then the Jaguars lose, they're done. They're eliminated. Um, um, and then we get to a point where if they win and then the Dolphins win, then the Bills are out of the playoffs, right? So then the Bills are going to be watching this game as well to say, man, they're going to go in and give their best anyways, but they're going to watch this game as well and say, man, the Jaguars lose uh, or the Jaguars win. And they're, yeah, if they lose, like, okay, we're okay. But if they win, they're like, crap, we really have to play this game. So a lot of, a lot of teams peeking at, you know, watching other teams and, and stuff like that, just kind of see what happens. So, um, but yeah, everybody in Jacksonville is going to be glued to that Saturday game to see what happens with the Steelers because obviously they're going to take a sigh of relief if the Steelers lose um, because they know their team's going to get in regardless. Um, not happen. But a lot riding on this game here with the Jaguars and Titans. So I don't think it'll be necessarily a, f- a fun game to like to to watch. Yeah. But it'll be a fun game to keep an eye on. To kind of see the results of what happened, to kind of see how the dominoes kind of stack and fall um, as, as well. Plus, this is going to say, this is going to talk about if the Texans or Colts, whoever wins that game, right? Wins if the they're going to win their division, right? Because if the Jaguars lose, whoever wins that game gets in, or they'll be the seventh seed, right? So a whole lot rides on this one single game here, which is why week 18 is awesome. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so Jaguars and Titans, keep an eye on that one for sure. Who are you picking? Oh, I didn't do that. I'm picking the Jaguars. I think the Titans. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I still, I, I don't think the Titans are a good team at all. Even the Jaguars, uh, the Jaguars should be able to come in and, and beat the Titans. The only thing would be if, you know, the Titans just come in and it's going to be one of those things like a last roll. Like, let's just spoil our division rivals. Let's just spoil. Let's just go out there, give it our all. It is at home. Maybe they have like this burst of thing. Let's just go in there and say, screw it and just dominate, and, you know, and, and win and just screw over the Jaguars. But, I'm not anticipating it to happen, so I got the Jaguars. Yeah. I, I am rocking with the Jags, too. But this is the division that likes to spoil the most, right? You got to think the Carson Wentz Colts, the Phillip Rivers Colts, they were both spoiled. You know, and just going back, this is the team that, like, they played their best ball at the very last game. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun game to, you know, keep on the bottom ticker, right? So. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, that is the end of our week 18 recap there, the NFL. Now we're going to dive in here and we're going to talk some college football. We just had a great day of college football with some of the best, most exciting college playoff games that we've had in a long time. A lot of these semifinals have been pretty lopsided here recently, even with good teams, right? This That's not a shot at all at FSU or anything like that. It's just been in general. College football has been so lopsided, even on the top four teams, where this is the final year where we've got the most parity ever to where we got these huge games that both came down to a one-possession game uh, on both of them, which is just crazy, right? So we had in the um, in the Rose Bowl, we had Michigan taking Alabama to overtime and getting the win, and then Washington getting the win against the Texans. Uh, or the Longhorns there at the very end. Let's go ahead and and recap here. Let's first, let's go to the Rose Bowl chase with Michigan and Alabama. Walk us through your thoughts on that game. Um, 
because that was crazy, right? It looked like Alabama was going to win it, and then Michigan all of a sudden comes back, goes into overtime, the whole thing. Or just take us through it. Yeah, so this, I, as a Big Ten guy, I, I as a college football Big Ten guy, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, I agree with Kurt Herbstreit. This is the best bowl game. This is the best college football presence in, in America. I think I think they should alter it where the Rose Bowl is, it may, becomes the championship game. You know, when they have the Wrong. playoff. Really? It should be the Pop-Tart Bowl. <laughs> hey, the Cheez-It Bowl was interesting. If you like <laughs> It should be the Pop-Tart Bowl. If the Pop-Tart Bowl is not the college football championship moving forward, I will riot. We need more Pop-Tart. Anyway, carry on. All right. But no, the granddaddy of them all, Rose Bowl, phenomenal. I mean, we, and we've had electric games at the Rose Bowl forever, right? You had Sam Darnold, him getting picked, and you had, you know, the Baker Mayfield, Georgia, and this one's no different, right? Michigan came out there. J.J. McCarthy, great quorum. They looked good on that first, you know, couple series. And then Alabama kind of did what they do, right? They take advantage of some special teams. They, they're doing this. They're doing that. And all of a sudden, they're, they're winning. And I thought, oh, man, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, you're going to fall at it again. And then they just came down to – uh, who had the, not really who even who had the ball left, right? They played for overtime. They got there. JJ McCarthy finally used his arm on the last play. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I know Jalen Mil- Milrose kind of struggles to push the ball down the field with his arm, but like teams are are very besides Washington, teams are very hesitant to push the ball down the field. A lot of stuff is behind the line of scrimmage or j- screens and stuff like that. I don't understand this new wave coming into college football, bleeding into the NFL, right? Push the ball down the field. Good things happen when you do. But they finally, Michigan finally did that. They tie it up. They take it to overtime. That last play, I have no idea what is going on that last play. I I knew it was a quarterback run. Michigan defense had to know that was a quarterback run. That was the worst play call in the big game of all time, I think. Like this is, that was atrocious to try, I mean, to try it that way. Like if you want to get Milrow on his feet, on his feet, that's your best chance winning. I agree. Do some bootleg out, right? Get him where he has a pass option or you can take it if, you know, the defense falls for it. Don't try to run him up the middle with everyone knows. And then let alone that center, I know, skip the ball to him, a really low snap. He kind of fumbled it, you know, not fumbled, but tripped over it. But it was a great game. Uh, That third quarter was a little weak, gave me a little chance to, to uh, rest my eyes a little in that third quarter, nothing really happened. And then all of a sudden that great finish. I, I thought it was great. I, and I want to say Jim Harbaugh, he's climbing over these Hills, right? I, you know, this was the last big one. He couldn't win. You couldn't beat Ohio state for the first couple of years. He's done that. He's secured that he couldn't win a playoff game. He's done that. He's got one more Hill to run before he goes to takes that chargers job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was, this was a game that I thought Alabama was going to win for sure. I, I picked Alabama to win. Um, and then during that game, I was like, okay, yeah, this just feels like Alabama is going to pull it out just because besides that first kind of the the first half there, barely like just the, the Michigan offense could not do anything. J.J. McCarthy was not playing well at all. He was not seeing the field. It's just low percentage throws. just wasn't playing well at all. He had that one really awesome athletic play where he took that like screen pass or whatever, <laughs> and, like one handed jumped and threw it like that was awesome. But like other than that, like there was just nothing and they couldn't get it going at all. Obviously in the third quarter at all, neither team really um, there. And, and, you know, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, uh, you know, Michigan gets that fumble on Jalen Milrow and you thought, Oh, this is where Michigan had to come back. But then they ended up missing the field goal. And it was like, no, like that was going to be the shot. And I don't know what happened at the end where they were able to lead that drive where Alabama's defense just crumbled. I mean, the yes. defense had been stout 
essentially the entire game, especially that second half, up until the last like two minutes, up until two minutes of the fourth quarter, and they decided to let it go. You know, and then obviously get in overtime, and then and then like you said, uh, that that last play call, I I agree with you. I said that this is a quarterback run, and then and then it was like right up the gut in the center. Obviously, after replays to come out, I don't think it was a terrible play call. Like looking at it, it was there, but just with the bad snap and that defensive player bull rush that right tackle into him, he just didn't have the vision. If you would have looked up and saw that hole, it was there. He just didn't have the vision. He tried to make something happen. I still don't think it was that good of a play call, though, especially coming off of three timeouts. So there was an injured player in your timeout. Then Michigan takes a timeout. And then Alabama takes a timeout. So we have had three timeouts. We've had like 20 minutes worth of timeouts and commercials. I was ripping my hair. I was like, this is <laughs> stupid. You should not be able to call timeouts back to back. You should not yes. be able to do it. You should not be able to do it. If one team calls a timeout, you have to run at least one play. Anyway. Um, and then you come out and then you follow up with that. And I was like, that's just, oh man, that's just a terrible play call. And you, everybody saw that like a mile away. Um, yes. Listen, I mean, Michigan's defense has, has been good all season. That's been the best part. JJ McCarthy, I, I've really, I've never been in love with JJ McCarthy, but I've really fallen out of it with JJ McCarthy. I really don't think he's, I really don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I don't think, I don't think that Michigan, it has won or will win because of him. Because sure. like I don't think he's this game changer is going to be because of, I think they're going to win because of their defense and because of Blake Corn. He was a stud. Um, stud. And so, but they they got the win. They were able to beat Alabama, which I I just Alabama had been playing really really well at that point, and Michigan kind of every. Whatever, if if the whole Connor Stallion thing was really working for him or not, I don't know. But ever since that whole Connor Stallion thing happened, they really hadn't been playing well, even though they were able to win some games, like big games as well, like Ohio State. But they weren't really playing that well, really impressive. Whereas Alabama, towards at the end, once they kind of figured it out, um, kind of was playing impressive. That's why I picked them, just because I thought they were the hotter team at the moment. But at the end of the day, um, you know, mistakes were made. And Michigan is able to come out on top and overtime finish. Um, that was that was super fun to watch. So um, I was glad I was glad for for that to happen. But that was the exciting Rose Bowl taken into overtime. Um, let's go ahead and go into the All State Sugar Bowl, where the Texas Longhorns took the L against the Washington Huskies. What were your thoughts on there on that one? Yeah, I thought this one was even better than the, what we got just got in the Rose Bowl, even though the Rose Bowl was uh, Big Ten, you know, SEC-style football. This is the modern-day football. Um, one thing I have to say right out, out front is Michael Penix is now a first-round pick. And whether you agree with it or not, some team's going to reach on Michael Penix because of this game. He could do nothing wrong. Some of those windows he he fit that ball into, like the Texans, they weren't even bad coverage. Like most of those throws, were they were – properly covered by cornerbacks and the ball just kind of fell right into Polk and Odunze, right? Um, I thought Texas did really good. One of the things is Texas made too many mistakes. They, you know, uh, it was one of those games where the ball bounced Washington's way and didn't bounce Texas's way, right? They fumbled too many times. The only, the only thing that went Texas's way was the missed opportunity or the, the um, punt, Must special punt. teams. Yep. And that and that was early in the game, right? I think it was still in the first quarter, I believe. It put them up, tied them at fourteen, fourteen. But Texas just just didn't, you know, they they didn't even play bad. They just didn't have the the football luck per se, right? Fumbles, I believe, are most of the time just luck, right? Can you, you know, a lot of teams like uh, 
a lot of teams hold on to the balls a lot, and then they get one game and they fumble three times. You're like, oh, what, what the, you know, um, Chris Blue, or not, uh, not Chris, but Blue, whatever his first name is, starts with a C. He, he kind of fumbled the game away. He came up with that really clutch catch where that was a catch. I don't care what any, that college football, that's a catch. The ball didn't move. It was in his fingertips, elite. Oh. That one second left, man, if, if Adonis Mitchell and Quentin Ewers are on the same page, it wasn't even a bad throw. Like, I know a lot of people, you fit that into his chest, that's a touchdown. That's not what they do, right? They're, Adonis Mitchell's their jump ball receiver. They want to fit into the chest. They go to Worthy. And uh, that that cornerback just learned from the last time he got burned with it, and he made an excellent play to jump up there on time, not use Adonis Mitchell to elevate himself and knock that ball out of the end zone. Like, I don't know how you could want a better game. This was the I'm, – I'm willing to say this is probably the best college football playoff game we've ever gotten. Maybe yeah. that Ohio State Georgia game last year. That was probably oh, the most yeah, that was that, the, and what was, yeah what was what was so cool about that one last year too was that that game the game losing kick right when they missed it was like right when it hit midnight so like yes, bringing in yes. the new year like right when you're missing the kick so just kind of that timing of it was that was pretty fun but um yeah listen this was this was something that I felt really cool about because I picked this one I said this game went pretty much basically exactly how I thought it was going to go um. Um, but man, Washington really tried to give it back to the, to, to the Longhorns there at the end. I thought they were, they, at that one point there, they were running, they were just running. I thought they were just going to run away with it, right? It was yes. tight at halftime. Obviously due to some mistakes, like you said, the muff punt kind of gave them the extra possession when they were to score. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, they were just going away with it. Then they started to get cute. They started to do some of these reverse and fleet fleet and just all this different stuff. And they, they, they weren't getting it done. They started to get it cute. And then that opened the door for the Texas, the I keep saying Texas for Texas to, to, you know, to keep going there and, and get back in there to where it was in jeopardy there to where all of a sudden it's like, man, if, if they score on this drive, they're going to win. But they were put into that position just by dumb, a couple of dumb things. So the, the last possession before they had to punt it, they decided to pass the ball and it was incomplete. So the, the so they run the ball. Texas does a timeout. It's third down. They decide to throw the ball. It's incomplete. So Texas gets two. They get to keep two timeouts for their offensive possession. Then they're going in, and then they're able to to burn those timeouts. And then all of a sudden, the the Huskies were going to run the ball, run the clock down towards like 15 seconds left, punt the ball. Very, very unlucky is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, they're running back. Johnson gets hurt. Injury timeout. They have to take a timeout. All of a sudden, there's 50 seconds with two timeouts instead of 15 seconds. Um, and then all of a sudden, they start going down the field. Boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, it, they're on. It's like first and goal. They're right there. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Quinn Ewers chokes. He really did. He He didn't play bad all game. And then all of a sudden he brings them down there, makes great throws down there, and all of a sudden chokes. You have a swing pass on first down to your running back. You, you can't do that there in that. You cannot do that pass. Anyway, he gets out of bounds, luckily stops the clock. And that second pass throws it way out of the back of the end zone. Wasn't even close to be catching. And then you had another one that was a bad pass. And that last one, right, that just makes that defender just makes a good play and swats it. But really just chokes there at the end, which was if you're, you know, Longhorns fans, you're, you know, sad about it. If you're not a Longhorns fan like me, you're happy about it. But, um, 
really went, uh, like I was going to say, I thought that the Washington was going to be able to throw up and down the field there on, on the Texans secondary. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., I – I obviously he's going to have to play the championship game as, as as well, but I would not be surprised if, depending on how this championship game goes, if he plays anything similar to tonight, even in a loss, I I will not be shocked if he's actually the first quarterback taken. That's my hot take. I would not be surprised. Like wow. if he puts on a show like he did that way, especially if they win. I was. I've got some. I've got some very. I feel valid reservations about Caleb Williams. Um, I've got some reservations about May as well. We haven't really seen a lot of him. Um, he's never been in these big games, right? So there's still some question marks. So I've got some reservations about some of these top color players. I think Penix is flying up draft boards. Um, you, I mean, you mentioned he's definitely a first rounder. We'll see how high he goes. But I'm saying if he if he plays uh, anywhere near this, I guess in the championship game against Michigan's defense, who's twice as good as that defense yes. of the Texans, then we're talking, man, we're talking about big-time plays, big-time talent, big-time moments. What more could you ask in your franchise quarterback? And so it would not shock me if he plays himself this week and, you know, this game Monday night into being the first overall pick. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all. Wow. That would, that would be that'd be crazy. I Man, that would be uh, a bad decision for a team to make. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I just got – there's I think there's bigger questions on Penix than Caleb or May. So – We'll get into that when we get into our draft stuff. Oh, yeah. And he, nothing, you know, I think all three of them are going to be very good quarterbacks in the NFL. So, well, let's finish your chase with our quick preview of that college football championship. So, Washington versus Michigan. Who you got? I've got Michigan. I think Michigan has the better defense. They, I think they match up a lot better than Texas did. And I think Texas almost pulled that out, right? Michigan's, there's cornerbacks. Texas is, uh, powerhouse of their defense they were on that front seven that those two big offense or defensive tackles that can stop the run right michigan's got those that that i can't remember his name i think it's robertson that number two he wears it's like six three lanky looks like a defensive end playing cornerback then they have mikey sandstrill who's a really good slot cornerback they'll be able to kind of hold off a couple of those deep shots of course some of them are going to get through because penix and polk and adunze but they're going to hold off some of them they're not just going to have their way down the field and that uh, Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy. I still think JJ McCarthy is a very good quarterback. I understand what you're saying. There's some big questions about him. I think half of it is he's never had to really like take over a game because Michigan's so good. And I think that helps him win the championship. That might hurt him in the future. But I see a lot of Josh Allen, Wyoming nods from JJ McCarthy. So I'm rocking with the Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh winning it and going to Chargers. I mean, listen, at the beginning of the season, I, I, Michigan was my pick to win it all. So, it I mean, if they win, I was my pick. Great. I feel great about yes. it. But Washington has also been kind of like my my team I've been riding with all season. Yeah, yes. Penix was my Heisman prediction, right? I think he uh, he he definitely could have won that award, right? You know, Daniels had a, had a great season. You can argue he put up a lot of those stats against very poor teams. Um, Penix, you know, um, obviously put up the stats against better teams, but – Anyways, um, I've just been riding with Washington all season. I picked them every time except in the Pac-12 championship. Um, I just, uh, I, I just, I'm done. I, I just, I'm not going to doubt them anymore. So I, I'm, I'm living or dying by Washington. I mean, I'll, Michigan was my preseason pick. So if they win, I, I win. I got it right. Um, but right now, I'm riding with Washington. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to pick against them. They've, 
Um, they've been good to me so far. I've been riding with them. The one time I went, you know, against them, they proved me wrong. And so I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to bail on. Them. I'm just going to ride with with Washington. Uh, like I said, Penix Jr. has a good game against that defense uh, against the Wolverines, and Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines fall short again. And Washington um, are national champions. Crazy, It'd be crazy, and it could happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think there's, I think this is a really, really good game. I think there's a shot that Washington, if there's a blowout, it's Washington's way, right? I don't think Michigan can blow out Washington. I think Washington Michigan could. Can't blow Washington. I think Washington could blow out Michigan. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be a very good game. I think we're up, we're in tune for one of our best championship games we've had in a while. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's right here in my backyard in NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. So Should those tickets are pricey, though. So yes. I will not be going. I will be watching <laughs> it from home. Um, but it'll be fun to, to see him. I go down there this weekend um, downtown, check out kind of what they have there and see if anything is, is busting. I'm so cool. excited for that. But anyway, that is our college football recap and preview here for the championship that happens next Monday, January 8th. That'll be a fun one. So. Uh, make sure you get your popcorn ready for that one. But that wraps it up for this episode of this week here of All Things Football. If you haven't already, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're looking forward to using this new year to continue to grow our channel, um, just reach more people, and bring more football to those and have you guys join us. So it's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time here on All Things Football.